You're listening to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast, episode number 15. Welcome to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. I'm Jennifer Schreckengost. I consider myself a healthy-ish foodie, a wanderlust junkie, a coffee connoisseur, and an e-learning expert, and your host for the next hour or so. So pull up a seat, grab a cup of coffee, and come listen to conversations with real people who are all learning how to eat well, live well, and travel often. Welcome back to another episode. So starting with today's episode, we're kind of um, shifting gears and developing almost like a, a rhythm or a pattern with our episodes. So if you follow Wanderlust and Wellness, you know that there are three pillars that support our mission, which is eat well, which is the nutrition and wellness side of the house, live well, which is the creating a career around what you're passionate about and what you love and helping bloggers create online courses. And then there's the travel often, which is the wanderlust and travel um, side of the house. So in today's episode, in episode number 15, we're talking with Nikki Routenberg from NicoleRoutenberg.com. And Nikki is a digital marketing strategist who helps entrepreneurs and online business owners develop marketing strategies for their online business. She is joining me for a Live Well episode because we're talking about um, strategies and tips for those of us that are, you know, starting a business or for bloggers who are wanting to move their business ahead and create online courses to create that first product or service. And, um, we're going to talk about Nikki's own entrepreneurial journey from working her way up the ranks at a marketing agency to then making the leap into starting her own successful marketing business. And we're also going to be talking about the uh, importance of building relationships and focusing on that human to human strategy when it comes to marketing, rather than the old school thinking of the B2B or the B2C and all those other acronyms that you hear. So with that being said, um, thank you for joining us for today's episode, another Live Well episode, and we'll jump right in. Hello. And welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Nikki Routenberg with us. Hello, Nikki. Hi. <laughs> um, Nikki is joining us this week for um, an episode around the Live Well pillar of Wanderlust and Wellness, which is creating, you know, a career in an online course and expanding your blog around a career that you uh, love. And so she's here to talk to us today about some marketing strategies and how to create relationships with your audience and see them as people, not just numbers and dollar signs. So before we jump into that topic, Nikki, why don't you tell us um, about how kind of like your background in your entrepreneurial journey and where you started and how you you know got to where you're at today? Sure. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I love doing these interviews. I love talking about what we're going to get into today. So I'm super excited. Um, but a little bit of my background, uh, it's basically your typical nine to five to entrepreneur story. <laughs> I, uh, I was working in corporate. Um, I was really fortunate actually coming out of university. I've always worked in marketing. It's just what I went into and what I stuck to. Um, and so I was able to, I always say that I grew up with digital marketing. Mm -hmm. um, when I left, you know, when I was in university, we were studying things like Wikipedia and just completely random things that are so not applicable today. Um, but over the years, being a young person and working in traditional agency, um, a lot of that digital stuff was, was 
put into my lap and I was really trusted and I was given the opportunity to head up a marketing department of a um, multi-million dollar, it was a startup at the time, but they had multi-million dollars in funding. So at 25, I kind of took that task on and was really trusted and that's where I noticed the beauty of entrepreneurship and knew that um, eventually this is the road that I wanted to go down and really just run my own show. So yeah. um, I was with them for about four or five years and we grew so quickly that it became no longer um, a job for an in-house department. So when they were outsourcing, it made sense for me to move 100% on my own. They were really supportive of me starting up my own business and stuff while I was still there. So, oh, that's that, nice. so I was doing the whole, yeah, I was doing the whole side hustle thing <laughs> at the same time. Um, and really just trying to get myself to that point where the income was sustainable for uh -huh. me to um, head off into that world. And so it's definitely a roller coaster. You know, I've had some months that were incredible. And then those months that were like, where are all the people? Where's all the money? <laughs> um, <laughs> so for me, I really became obsessed with uh, creating systems that would allow that consistency and allow that sustainability and then that scalability. Um, so it's been a whole few years of that process. And um, I'm really excited about where I'm at right now and the way that I'm able to help other online service providers get those things implemented into their business so that they're no longer feeling that struggle. Yeah, yeah. Because especially if you're a new entrepreneur or like you're a blogger and you're trying to expand into a business, you know, you're you're so kind of focused. I mean, I can speak, speak from my own personal experience. Like you're so focused on your content. Like then you realize like, oh my gosh, I need to be like building relationships with people, my audience. And I need to be like creating an email list and I need to be marketing. You know, like we, we, as, as creatives, we like to live in this creative zone and we kind of forget right. that there are other systems out there that we need to have in place in order to, you know, be successful. And I know I got hung up on that for a while because it's all, you know, it's all fine and dandy in the create world, but then we've got to like, you know, get out there and start building relationships and actually market what we have. Of course. Yeah. And it's really easy to look at all of those to do's and just feel immediately overwhelmed. And then that's when that fear kicks in. And then that's when it's like really just needing to get over yourself and push past your fears to actually get it done. So yeah. finding that balance, I know as a creative person myself, it's like, you just want to give and you just want to create all the time, but then you go to your bank account and you're like, <laughs> well, that's not really working for me. So yeah, really finding that balance has been a huge goal of mine and a huge thing that I really try and work with other people on. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, connect, connecting with someone like yourself and setting up those systems also can help kind of release some of that overwhelm because when you are a new entrepreneur, like you are wearing every single hat, right. especially when you're in that side hustle stage where right. you're like, you have to learn marketing and you have to learn, you know, a content creation and you have to learn list building. And it's like, you have to learn the tech side of everything. And it's like, you're like the whole company in one person and it can be overwhelming. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So today I wanted to talk to you about the concept of um, selling in terms of building relationships rather than seeing your audience as just numbers and dollar signs. And yeah. so, um, for my own personal experience, I can, I know when I first started, you know, looking into marketing, I don't have a marketing background. My entire background's all, you know, academics and education. And so it was like learning something brand new and you see, you know, you see the acronyms of B2B, business to business and B2C, um, which is business to client, I think, or customer. Um, 
And it's just like overwhelming. It's like, you're supposed to speak these different languages. And in my mind, I'm always thinking like, well, isn't it just like, we just need to like build relationships with people because I think so, so we, we so easily get caught up in, you know, trying to live in that marketing lingo. Um, and we forget that these are humans that we are, we are connecting to their problems. So, so what is your, what are your thoughts on, you know, the H to H, the human to human and building relationships and its value in while you're building a business? Yeah. So I think for me, uh, that was actually a really big turning point for me because I had been in kind of that more formal agency mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, this huge company type setting. And so in my mind, I was thinking acronyms. I was thinking, um, you know, the times where you do have to be more formal, but when it comes down to it, um, I really did have to keep in mind with everything that I did in creating my own business that people really don't buy your products or service, but what they're buying is the change and what they're Mm -hmm. buying is the transformation. So if you're able to position yourself in a way that is clearly depicting that before and after state that your products Mm -hmm. or services will offer, then that really allows you to connect with that other person on the other end with that HH, with that human to human um, view. And sometimes it can be really hard because we're so focused on our products and we're so focused on our services, but we have to start thinking about our products or services of really being that vehicle to Mm -hmm. take people from the one side to another. And the vehicle, you know, allows us to picture you and the other person in this together going Mm -hmm. in that same direction or you being on one side and helping the other person to get to the other side. And it does bring us back to that whole human human connection because it's like at the end of the day, you're not talking to a computer. You're not talking to CRM system. You're not talking to an email service provider. You're talking to that person that's on the other side of the screen. And I know being in the online world, we get into this habit where especially when we're doing things like Facebook lives or we're having a podcast or something like that, where we accidentally put ourselves in a position where we're talking at people instead Mm -hmm. of to people. So it's really making that conscious decision when you're putting yourself out there that you're having that conversation with that one person, that one ideal client or ideal client avatar or whoever it is, you're having that conversation with them and it does allow it to become, come across a lot more authentic and allows you to, you know, that other person on the other side to be so much more receptive. Mm-hmm. what it is that you're saying and they can relate to you and they can look at you like more of a, an example or a role model or an inspiration rather than like, Oh, here's someone that's trying to sell me something. Right. 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 And it's, and it's, and when you think about like, like think about the commercials that you like you automatically connect to it's usually because mm-hmm. it's connecting to some sort of human emotion that's triggering yeah. that's triggering inside of you and so um and i think as a new entrepreneur like there like there's so much noise out there um and i know for myself that was the case where it was like you know you you start doing what what everyone else is doing instead mm-hmm. of like what you know, instead of like connecting with the people and you start thinking that, you know, the problems that you need to solve for your audience without ever talking to them. And so when you start, when you actually take the time to connect with your audience, to talk to them, to see what their pain points are, then you can really connect to them and create something like a transformation um, for them or solve a problem for them based on what they're needing rather than what you think they're needing. And so I think of that relationship 
building that relationship key uh, part is something that's easy to skip over because you just want to like go, go, go and do, do, do. Um, yeah. And I know for me starting out, like I was so focused on like, I just need to like build my list and get people on my list and talk to people. But then like, I realized, you know, like a year into it, like I need to, like, I'm not building a relationship with anybody. Like I need to actually like, like take the time to really curate that relationship with the people that I'm talking to and listen to them and see what they need and, and, and help them. Um, with their problems and provide that transformation. That's one of the, when we're talking about building online courses, which is what I focus on um, as well, one of the things that, that we, we focus on is understanding the transformation that your course can provide is like the number one, like the number one first thing you, you ever do before you ever talk about anything else in your course is what is that transformation going to be for, for your student? Right. And I think we make so many assumptions, uh, as you said, when we first start, start our businesses and when we first start down this road. And I think the interesting about assumptions is that it's almost a process of elimination because we've made all these assumptions about the people that, we're that we want or we think we want to work with. We make all these assumptions about the problems, but when we, you actually get real and you get authentic with both yourself and who you want to serve, how you want to serve them, what tools you're going to use to make it happen, um, that's when those assumption walls really start to come down and you really get that major clarity on, okay, this is where my strengths are. This is where I can shine. This is how I can truly make that impact on people. And so I think that it's okay to make some of those assumptions at first yeah. because you do need that starting point, but you also need to be available to realize that they're not all going to stick. Like yeah. the big thing that comes to mind for me when I was going through the process is something like Facebook groups. And I know that Facebook groups are an amazing tool and people that rock at them, truly rock at them. But I know for me personally, that's not something that I ever rocked at and I, uh -huh. and I never felt awesome going in. Like I, I would love to go in and have actual conversations with people and, and if I could genuinely help people with the information that I was giving them amazing but I never felt like that was the right tool for my visibility mm -hmm. in terms of going into other people's Facebook groups and, and you know show up three times a day or post 18 times a week or whatever it is for some people that worked that works really amazing and that makes them feel really good that never felt really good for me so I it didn't do very much for my business but as you're saying you know sometimes we look at what other people are doing and we're like, okay, well, I'm just going to do that. And then yeah. the overwhelm sits in because there's like 90 different things that 90 different people are doing. And so, you know, going back to the, the assumption piece, you know, we assume this might be the best way to connect with the best people for us. Um, but then over time, when you realize like this feels good or this is working, then that's when the walls start to come down and it makes it a lot easier for those conversations that you're trying to have from the human to human perspective be mm -hmm. way more authentic because you're showing up in the way that feels good for you you're connecting with the people in the space that they are and it works out a lot better than just trying to do all the things because that's yes. what it seems like you should do yes yes i would agree with that <laughs> i think for me like i it was a huge relief when i just kind of let go of the uh, what I, what I, what I should be doing and like, you know, like trying to do everything everyone else is doing yeah. and just like going with my passion and what I knew my strengths were and, you know, making those connections based on that. I think authenticity oh. is, is key. <laughs>
So if you were to talk to, you know, someone that say, you know, is, you know, fairly new in building a business or is a blogger that is, you know, wanting to expand their reach and maybe expand their business into, um, you know, more than just blogging, but actually creating products or offering services. Like what are some strategies that you would, you would recommend for them to, to, to work on that human to human, you know, building relationships and curating an audience? I think, I think definitely finding the things that feel good for you is really key because with all of the things that you can do, um, I, well, uh, two things. Number one is you don't have to feel like you are, need to reinvent the wheel. There's a reason yeah. why so many people do the same things because a lot of times those things that work, those things work, but they're only going to work if they feel good to you. And as we've mentioned, if they, if they highlight your strengths. Yeah. So if you're not, the world's greatest writer, don't feel pressured to write a blog post once a week or write an email every day. If you are, you know, not really that great with showing up in Facebook groups, just let it go. I think we allow ourselves to get so distracted and then we get nothing done. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst. We need to really just focus on those things that are, make an impact. And, and And a big thing is we need to test. People often feel like they're going to waste a lot of time and money and energy in testing, but you're not going to know what works for you unless you try it. So that's where something like, you know, emailing every day for a couple weeks to see if your audience responds to that, and then maybe try emailing every other day. So just really being open and available to testing the different things is a huge, huge helper in figuring out what works and what doesn't work in your business. Because I feel like when you first become an entrepreneur, there's so much pressure and there's almost like such a rush to try and start making money. And that desperation promotes inaction. Yes. When, when realistically, you're going to be doing a lot of work and you're going to be taking a lot of action that doesn't get you paid at first. So you have to be available yes, for that. Absolutely. Financially, in your in your mental health, in your emotional health, in your physical health, you have to be available for that. And you have to be available for this idea that there is going to be this struggle and this starter period and this testing period until you figure those things out. And I think so many people don't give themselves enough time or space or um, backup funds or they don't prepare themselves on a health level enough to get ready for essentially all of the things that are coming your way. (laughs) Right. So if you can, you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So don't not do it because you know, that's also another procrastination tactic where people will just not do anything because they feel like they have to be a hundred percent ready. You're never going to be, but be prepared would Mm -hmm. be, be my advice. Mm hmm. I would agree with that. Um, I know when I went into this, um, even though I, I, you know, had a, had a, had a full-time job at the time when I started and I still have a full-time job. Um, I put too much of a, like you said, a sense of urgency of, I gotta, you know, like I need to make this much money so I can do this and I can, you know, quit that. And it just completely burnt me out. And, and because I had that pressure on me, I found myself like pivoting too quickly and, and shifting gears and trying like making changes before I even let it, you know, like throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of concept. Right. Like I just kind of like, okay, well let's do this. Well, let's try this. Well, this seems to work for this person. So I'm going to try this. And yeah. it was just like overwhelming. And what happened is I ended up taking like a, you know, five, six month hiatus where I just kind of like, just like 
dropped it all. And I like, mm-hmm. but I took that time to really like do like a lot of mindset work, a lot of inner work to realize, okay, what are like, what are my core values? What do I really want? What am I, what am I, what are my goals here? And just let it naturally flow and let, let it naturally grow organically and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I think that's such a great point because that was one of the other things that I also went through and so many people that I encounter are going through this where it's so easy, especially with Facebook and Facebook ads. And once you get into kind of the personal or professional development space or the blogger space or any type of these industries or spaces, we're so surrounded by people that are doing the same thing as us. And so it's very easy for you to start going down someone else's path or chasing someone else's dream. Like when I first started thinking, okay, I'm going to do coaching in my mind, I was going to do marketing coaching, but all the people that I was surrounded by were doing all this mindset coaching and Mm -hmm. money coaching and all these things that I never thought, okay, that's what I was going to try. And and somehow I started, I started getting wrapped up in that and thinking like, okay, well, I need to do that too. But then it was like, I really wasn't that good at it <laughs> because <laughs> that's not, I wasn't, I'm not bad at it. And I, and I can incorporate those things into my marketing trainings. And I do because I think they're important and there's a place for them and there's a lot of validity for them. But I am not going to be the world's best mindset coach. That's mm-hmm. just not where I'm at. But it's very easy when you're in that world to be like, well, even MLM, for example, like, oh, well, this business or this type of business, you know, mindset coaching, this person's making all this money out of it. I'm going to do that too. If it's not your core values, as you said, if it's not your strengths, if it's not the path you're meant to go down, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So you need to, when you're looking at, you know, how you want to approach entrepreneurship, how you want to grow your business, it's really important that you do look at those things first and say, is this my dream or is this somebody else's path right and it because it's there's a difference between being attracted to something and thinking hey that's pretty cool and also being really good at it yourself Uh so yeah 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 figuring out what that thing is for you is really really critical yes I would agree I mean like you said I went down that same path um and then I came back to what you know like this is this is truly what you know like is my passion. Like the, my wanderlust and wellness, like I kind of let it go for a little bit. And like, this is like, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. And so like, I tried all the other stuff and I'm back, I'm back here. So awesome. That is same with me. Like I stepped away from marketing (laughs) thinking like, you know, I don't know that I really want to be talking about sales funnels all day. And then I would get into conversations and realize like, well, I have all this information and I have all this knowledge and ability to teach other people things that they don't know because when we're in it, we forget that there's so many people out there that don't know what we know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we really need to step back like you did and like I did and give ourselves that credit and say, Hey, this is where I'm actually really good. And this is where I have the ability to help a lot of people, which is, that's the ultimate goal anyways. Yeah. So yes. whatever, you know, whatever vehicle you need to use to do that, it doesn't really matter as long as the way that you're doing it is authentic and yes. not, just being like, oh, well, I saw somebody make a lot of money doing this. So yes. And we'll come back to that. I want to talk about the chase and the dollars here and soon, but oh, going sure. back to, um, the strategies, another strategy that I think, um, has, you know, has worked well and, 
and works. It's worked well for me in terms of what I find myself attracted to when I, mm-hmm. you know, see marketing out there, um, or people that I want to work with. And then I, it's worked, you know, for me when I use it personally. And when we're talking about building relationships, um, I think sharing, like being authentic and sharing your story and how your story connects to whatever you're doing, your personal experience and tapping into, you know, your potential customer, audience, students, whatever, tapping into their emotions is really key to building relationships. So like you said, not just talking at them, but almost like, almost like coming at it from an empathetic, like I've been there, like I've done this, like I know the challenges you're facing. Um, I think really like tapping into the emotional side of, of humans and sharing your story and your connection to your message is also a great way to build a relationship with your audience. A hundred percent. And I think if you're showing up authentically, then that organically happens. So like even in this conversation between you and I right now, we're just being ourselves. We're just talking about what we've been through. And there's already been things that come up where we're both like, yeah, me too. That happened to me too. And there's going to be people listening to this that feel that same way as they're hearing us say it. And that's just having a conversation. That's just being normal. I think one of the things that kind of kept me stuck at the beginning of this all and trying to figure out what my story was or how I wanted to put my story out there was uh, I stayed stuck for a little while because I felt like I needed to have this like rags to riches story and there has to be some big trauma that you you overcome. And that's a lot of people's stories and that's amazing for those people. But we also need to remember that we all have our own story and it doesn't need to be this one extreme to the other, you know, like I'm very grateful and I'm very fortunate for the life that I've had and I haven't had these extreme traumas or this extreme um, going into like crazy amounts of debt. Like I've definitely had debt. I've definitely done well financially since then. And you Mm -hmm. know, this is part of my story, but it's not like a, I lost my house or like, you know, it's not these huge, huge extreme stories, but there's still a lot of validity in my story in that, you know, leaving a nine to five, leaving an, an awesome career was stressful and not everyone supported me. And I did need to get my own stuff together and figure it out. That's, that's a story in itself. And that's a story that a lot of people can relate to. So I know at the beginning, I definitely struggle with that thinking like, well, I don't have this crazy thing that happened to me or crazy things that happened to me. Um, and will people still think that I'm worth it? Uh-huh. to, you know, cause, but then it, but then it's like, I'm one of thousands and thousands and thousands of people that don't have those extreme stories. So it's yeah. perfectly fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, I'm thinking of the, you know, the food blogger that maybe is, you know, has a product of, um, I don't know, you know, making quick and easy meals for moms with, you know, working moms and just sharing like a personal experience that they have with, you know, you know, working and trying to get dinner and, you know, the kids there. Yeah. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Like you said, I can remember seeing stories of, especially, you know, like entrepreneurs of like, you know, I, I lost everything and then now I'm making yeah. six figures in six months and it is kind of overwhelming and you don't have to have a, a ginormous, it's really just connection. I mean, just if you're, what I mean, I feel like whatever you're, you're passionate about, you have some sort of personal connection to that you, and a story that connects yeah. you to that, that you can share with your audience. And it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be some grandioso giant mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. But, 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 and also I think a lot of what we've talked about today, and this isn't really on marketing, but 
a lot of what we talked about is, is also it's um, the whole comparison trap and being sucked into the comparison trap when you're a new blogger. And so yeah. when you're working on building those relationships, it's easy to fall into that comparison trap and start doing things to try to build your audience or connect with your audience, like you say, which ends up being an inauthentic for you as a person. Um, because you know, you're just, you're doing it because you're comparing yourself with, with another person out there doing the same thing that you're wanting to do. And so I think, I think it always circles back. Like you said, always circles back to human, human, human to human connection and just being authentic, like your true authentic self with what your, you know, what, what your business is. And I think people, it's interesting how, when you do that and how people are receptive to it, how awesome it is and how way more awesome it is than when you do something like halfway authentic and uh -huh. get that halfway reception. Like I can think of um, this one time I was doing a talk in front of 500, uh, it was doctors at, at this conference and I had these shoes on and there were high heels and, but the floor had this like cushiony stuff to protect it from the chairs and every step that I took my heels would sink in and it was driving me crazy so I just <laughs> kicked my shoes off and I like pretended like nothing happened and did the rest of the talk in my bare feet and afterwards like first of all everyone thought it was like hilarious but I was like my feet hurt I'm just being myself or my <laughs> I was so uncomfortable because I couldn't walk around and me being myself me being authentic I move when I talk I like to go back and forth and I couldn't do that I felt trapped by these stupid shoes and I had so many people come up to me after and just mention that shoe thing and then talk to me about the stuff that I was really there to talk about. And most of those people wouldn't have approached me if I didn't take off my shoes uh -huh. because they wouldn't have seen that true side of me and felt like that's hilarious that she just did that. Uh, she's normal. She's not just this girl up on stage. And so, you know, just doing something so silly, if your personality is silly or doing uh -huh. something that is just natural that's what attracts people and I'll always right. remember that because these people would have never come up and talked to me had I not done that and it's something so unrelated to <laughs> why I was there but it was a thing that allowed them to connect with me uh -huh. and then later they were willing to come chat with me so that was pretty cool that's awesome that's awesome story <laughs> you know and that's especially it's um I think we are sometimes I know for me it's hard I get um, I'm afraid to be authentic, especially when it comes to like Facebook lives or like, Inst you know, you know, talking on Instagram stories or like doing videos. Cause you know, there's the whole, like, uh, you know, like, well, I can't do a video in my kitchen because my kitchen doesn't look like, you know, something out of, you know, West Elm and, you know, like, you know, you worry about everything being perfect and, but, but if I would just like be myself and, and like share my own personality, um, I think I would probably connect with my audience a lot better than worrying about whether I'm like putting on the, the perfect Instagram look, um, in a video. Uh, and so 100%. I think that's an awesome story. Yeah, hundred percent. And I used to feel the same way too. Like I didn't want to do lives or I didn't want to do things cause I don't have an office. I have never had an office and we've always lived in a condo and apartment and an office just hasn't been an option for me. And I don't, so I don't get one of these fancy offices with all the glitter things posted. Oh, on the right. Walls. I think right. <laughs> I think it's amazing that other people get to have. That's amazing. I'm so happy for them. It just hasn't been an option for me. But I, so I feel that too, you know, where I'm like, oh, but I don't have that. But then at the same time, it's like, but I have so much information. Why yes, would I you let, have value. like, yes. right. Yeah. You and so we do, we get caught up in those little, in those little pieces. And part of it goes back to that, you know, not 
reassuring ourselves and not giving ourselves enough credit with what we do have, which is that value and is that information. And, you know, whether you have a fancy office or not, that really makes no difference in the impact that you can create for other people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you might like if I did a video in my little bitty kitchen, like I might actually like, who knows, I might connect with someone that's like, hey, she has a kitchen like mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't even tell you how many pod, like interviews or how many things I've done with people where my dogs barked because we, always, <laughs> like, we live in a smaller space and he's here and like, uh-huh. it's just so funny. He's just barking and I'm like, sorry, this is our life. I can't yeah, do nope, it's fine. It. Yeah. So, and other yeah. people have dogs, so they like it. They appreciate it. And they right. That. Right. <laughs> and, and it's authentic, you know, it's true. chatting and the dogs are in the background. Yeah, it's true. There was actually that viral video too, where the guy was on. Oh yeah, yeah. No. And and his kids came and his into kid the room. And the wife yeah. walked in. Yeah, right. And people loved it because they're like, "Whoa, real life, holy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going back to um, when we talk about building relationships, and I said I wanted to come back to the the chasing the the dollars, like focusing right. on the dollars instead of the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is is a is a, is a like a pitfall trap that we can get sucked into. And when, sure. you, when you start to only look at your customers as dollars or, or, or how much money you're making, like you completely can just kill that, um, authenticity and whether you think it or like, whether you want to believe it or not, like you can kill that relationship with your, because they can, they can, I, I swear, like they can sniff that out. That salesy, like you're only, you're only wanting my money kind of, you know, talk, um, or tactics. Um, and so I think, I think um, building relationships is important um, and we don't want to focus just on the dollars, but how would you, like, what, what would you, what would be your advice to someone that maybe, you know, is kind of sucked into the, but I have to make money. Like I need to, I need to build my list. I need to, I need to start bringing in income and, and let them still focus on relationships while also, you know, trying to build an income. So I think this one's kind of tricky because there's, it's kind of a two-parter in the sense that there's an element of money mindset and charging what you're worth involved. Uh And then there's that other side of not looking at people as dollar signs, even though when it comes to your business in a lot of ways, that's what they are. And you need, you need those dollar signs. So it's really, again, it's this balance that can be really stressful, but I think it comes back to desperation and not allowing yourself to be in a position Mm -hmm. where you're desperate when you're desperate. And this is where, um, you know, I had trouble when I first started and where I see so many people that come to me to work with me are really struggling is that they've put themselves in this unfortunate position of desperation. So we hear all these stories about people being willing to put $10,000 coaching programs on a credit card or people being willing to just up and quit their nine to five with, with nothing in their bank account. And, and that's great for people that are able to make, take that leap and then make something of it. Mm -hmm. But I see a lot more stories that are not as successful (laughs) because people put themselves in a position of desperation. And ultimately that completely blocks your ability to 
connect with people on that human level without seeing them as dollar signs. Yeah. So I think there's not putting yourself in, in a position of desperation. And if you're in that spot of desperation, do what you need to do to get out of it. So go get that part-time job. Mm -hmm. Don't do it shamefully. Throw yourself up on a, on a website to do some freelancing or, you know, ask your parents to help or your whoever to help support you for a couple months just to take that pressure and that stress off because that immediately makes a huge, huge difference. Um, mm -hmm. Give yourself a timeline. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in, in this um, relying on other people or relying on a part-time job position. Give yourself mm -hmm. a deadline so that you're actually taking action. But th yeah, that desperation is definitely the biggest area that I see people get stuck. I think that in to avoid that entire um, self charging less than what you're worth portion, it's really great to have different levels of products and packages. Mm -hmm. So starting at that $7, you know, guide that you sell or whatever it is, just so that you can make some ROI, just not for your Facebook ads. And then, you know, move up to that $50 one. So maybe you sell a $50 package a week. Awesome. That's another $50. Then that 250, then that thousand, then that 4,000, uh -huh. however you want to tier it. But I think having those different tiered levels of offers and services does help with that sustainability and especially with that scalability mm -hmm. and with having all those different tiers you really the excitement that happens by even selling something for seven dollars is enough to make you feel like oh my god this is super exciting i'm helping <laughs> somebody and yes. so yeah because ultimately you want to know that you're helping somebody and you want to get paid for helping somebody um, so you need to charge for your services because you're a business, you're not a charity, uh -huh. but at the same time, um, taking away that desperation piece is really going to allow you to not just look at people as dollar signs or not get stressed out every day that you don't make a sale and having mm -hmm. that tiered structure really does help. Um, because one day you might make $7 and then by the end of the week you make a thousand and mm -hmm. it all comes out in the wash eventually. Yeah. Um, but that it's, those are the two things that I um, had to do for myself and that I help my clients do to step back from every person that they talk to get so anxious about making that sale. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think when you're in that, st that, that, that state of desperation, that's when you start to kind of panic and you start to, you know, like do things that are, that are, you know, outside of, you know, the norm and outside of like what is truly authentic to your business and like your mission and, and what you're trying to, what you're trying to help people with. Um, and so if you, if you do not put your, you know, you get yourself out of that stage, then you're a little more lax and you kind of can go back to letting things kind of grow organically. Yeah. And I think at the, like we talked about at the beginning, it's going to be hard because you need to have time and energy and you need to create these things. Like mm -hmm. you can't just, you can't just sell an e-course if you don't have the actual e-course, right? <laughs> so, well, you, you can start. I mean, there's a process that you can start before you have it, but eventually when you sell it, you're going to need to be able to give people what they bought. So, um, so that's why like getting started with just selling a guide or something to make up some money to bank so that you can then use it to promote your e-course, like all these things, there's different strategies that you can put into place. So having that tiered system or having that financial support coming from somewhere else does take that piece out. And then you can just talk to people and build those relationships and yeah. 
then when you do have something to sell and you know how much it's going to help them, you get excited to talk to them about it because it's going to help them. You don't get excited to talk to them about it because you're looking at them like a $200 e-course. Yes. Yeah. As a person yes. that can help. I think there is, there, there is some, um, exhilaration when you're helping someone and yeah. you're truly helping them and you feel yeah. like, like you've truly like made a difference in, you know, you know, solved a problem for them or helped them in that transformation. Like that is such an awesome feeling versus like, uh, I sold you something. It's a straight transaction and there's no relationship between us. Like there's a definite difference in the feeling of those two things. For sure. Once I got really into doing training the way that I am now, one of the best, best things for me has been like, Knowing that if I pour my heart and soul into each client, that they are so willing to go out and be that advocate for me. Mm -hmm. So if I need to give a referral for somebody that's talking to me and is a little bit nervous, you know, I have this list of people that I can then refer them to. And because I gave my all to that person, whether they invested $200 or $150 with me, or they invested $5,000 with me. You know, mm -hmm. there's all these people that I treat them the same and I, and I look at them all the same because I'm trying to get them up that ascension scale to be that advocate for me. Mm -hmm. And once you have all these people in your advocate group, then it just makes attracting more of the right people that much easier because there's people going to bat for you and there's people that are talking about you. And that is, that is the best. That is how yeah. you get to that. That's, sustain and scale part. Uh-huh. Yep. I would totally agree with that. So what would be, if, if I were to ask you what, what your number one piece of advice would be to someone that say is, you know, fairly new in, in, in becoming an entrepreneur or a blogger who is looking to, you know, expand into actual like products and services. Like what is your number one, um, advice for them when they're getting started? Um, my number one advice for people when they're getting started is to not feel like you have to do everything. So mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit, but this is what, by the time I feel like clients get to me and by the time I really got my stuff together in my business, that was when I did all of the things like unfollowed all of the people on Facebook, when I unsubscribed from all the newsletters, when I stopped getting obsessed with what everyone else was doing. I picked one or two people that were doing exactly what I wanted to do and I followed them closely and I, and I figured out what they did or I signed up with only them. I didn't allow myself to continue to be so willy nilly and be all over the place. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out or if this is a path that you really want to take, pick those one or two people follow them, figure out what they did, invest in them if you can, if you have the means, mm -hmm. um, and if you have the time and energy to take action. Because it's one thing to have the money to be able to invest somewhere, but if you don't have the time or the energy to actually implement, then it's going to be yeah. worthless. So, so definitely you know, invest wisely with your time, money, and energy, but don't get caught up in, in the world. You know, don't follow all of the food bloggers. Don't yes. follow all of the e-course makers. Pick those people that admire you the most, the one or the two, maximum three, and stick with that. Yes. That's my biggest piece of advice. I, I unfollowed a lot <laughs> when yeah. I, you know, kind of, you know, decided to regroup because it was just so overwhelming. Yeah. It was just like so much information and so much, uh, you know, like noise in, in, uh, you know, it, it was just easy for me to get sucked down into that rabbit hole of like falling like, what well, this person's doing this and this person's doing that. And the, in, and it just like, 
it froze me in inaction. I wasn't doing anything because I didn't know where to go. And I think we convince ourselves that we need more and more and more where it's like, okay, well, you know, I can't, I can't move forward with that yet because I haven't taken this course and, oh, this person's selling this course. Maybe I should take that one. And, oh, this person has this new webinar coming. I'm going to wait till Friday because that's when the webinar is. And so it's just, we're constantly trying to consume other people's stuff and we convince ourselves that we need more and more and we need this and we need that. But we have to get the new journal that came out because if I have a new calendar, then that means I'm going to finally get my stuff together. Whereas if we disconnect, we let go, we sit back and we look at what we really know. That's Mm -hmm. when we start to put it together and realize like, Hey, I can do this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do this. And that's really the best moment. Yeah actually taking the action to do it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I would say um, something that you had mentioned in our previous conversation was, is it um, another piece of advice is make sure that you're following like something that you're passionate about and, Mm -hmm. and sticking to your strengths. Um, I know when I first got started and I was, you know, like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm passionate about. And in a program that I was in at the time, you know, one of the first tests was, okay, well, if that's really what you, you're passionate about, like, go ahead and like write three art, three blog posts about that topic and, and, you know, like put together like a, like a possible, like minimal viable product. And like, that's a good test. Cause like, if you can't write three blog posts, um, you know, articles about like what you think you're passionate about, then that that's maybe not like what you're truly passionate about. So really like hone in on what you're passionate about and what your strengths are. So like we, we talked about this before, but like, you don't have to do all the things I know for me, like I'm a food blogger. So I automatically was like, I need to have a cookbook and I need to, you know, have this and I need to, you know, create an ebook with these recipes and I need to be doing, you know, sponsored, you know, photography for people when that's not my strength. Like yeah. I'm learning photography as I go, but it's not like cookbook worthy and it's definitely not like per- paid worthy, but it's, but, but I do food blogging because I'm passionate about like discovering a healthy lifestyle after, you know, for my story after, you know, 30, 40 some years of like, you know, eating, you know, boxed and products foods. So really my food blogging is more of like sharing my journey of, you know, transitioning into a healthier lifestyle and making an adjustment and living with food sensitivities and those sorts of things. And so I share recipes and, you know, but, but I don't have to do all the things that all the other food bloggers. And I got sucked into that. And I started looking at other food blogs and I was like, okay, well they have this you know, with on their work with me page. So I need to be doing that. And like, that's not what you need to be doing. Like, like really step back and, and, and know what you're passionate about and know what your strengths are and then just run with them. Yeah, for sure. And focus on the things that are actually going to move the needle for your business. So I can't tell you how many people come up to me and are like, Oh, well, I haven't made any money because I can't decide on my logo. And like your logo (laughs) is not going to make you money. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's going to lose you money because you're going to waste so much time and money trying to figure out what it is that you want. Or even a website. You know, there's a lot of times that the way that we put our websites together aren't actually used as conversion tools. Uh And we get so hung up on these things that aren't, aren't doing anything, you know, like I can't, Oh, I can't post on Facebook every day. Cause I don't have professional photos done, but I don't have enough money to get professional photos done. Well then just take a selfie and post it or, right. you know, post an article or whatever. We allow ourselves when we're looking at all these other people. And when we're doing that comparison game, we really just are making excuses. And once you find that thing and once you're focusing on that thing that you're really good at, 
that you're really going to help other people with, then none of that other stuff matters. You know, Uh whether you have a logo or what the colors are on your website, or then it's just like, wow, I have all this information. I'm going to share it. I'm going to whip up some text on Canva and just put it out there because that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. I remember too, when I was kind of stuck and I was like, a test for me, um, as you just talked about the test was when I, when I first kind of like, okay, maybe I'm going to do a different style of coaching and not the marketing training. Like I thought I was going to do, I was like almost embarrassed to talk to people about it. Not embarrassed, but like Mm -hmm. I wasn't vocal because I was nervous about what other people would think. But then when it came to talking about marketing or social media or how to make money online or sales funnels or Facebook ads or all these other things, I was like, I couldn't shut up because I just knew so much. I was like so shocked that other people didn't do that. And so that was kind of a test for me that it was like, okay, this is the area that I am good at. This is what I can truly help people in. And why am I keeping myself stuck? And, and so that was kind of a more of a mindset thing because it was like, yes, well, I had, had yes. a lot of success when I was really young in that area or not really young, but younger than most people had. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of success. And then when I started my business, I got a lot of clients very easily and money started coming in fast. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make this work. I'm not a business person. So then that's when I kind of retreated Uh and self-sabotage set in. And then all these, like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do this started to happen. Um, But now that I've circled my way back to where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing, then it's like, okay, now we're back in the groove and now Uh I'm able to show up authentically and I'm able to have these conversations. I'm able to feel good um, and feel proud about what I'm doing and Uh share it easily. And, yep. and that was like a huge, huge test for me and a huge turning point for me as well. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can resonate with that. Uh, for <laughs> me, I mean, like, like I'm the same way. Like I thought I was, you know, I was doing the food blogging because that's, you know, something that I really enjoyed and, you know, and the, my, I really liked my wanderlust and wellness of, you know, healthy living and, and creating, you know, a life that you love. Um, and then I thought I was going to go down the coaching a- aspect because I thought like, that's like what, you know, like that was like the natural progression. But then once I got into that, I was like, okay, this isn't really like jiving with me, but yeah. then, and I resisted like, you know, but then I would, you know, like I could talk instructional design and online courses, like, you know, like till the, you know, forever, because that's like my entire background and that's what I do. And that's what I know. And I don't even have to like look up an article or anything. Like I can just like talk about it. And I'm like, why? Right. You know, and so then I was, you know, I shifted my focus to that, but then I missed the food blogging. And I think you actually, you know, made a comment to me and you were like, marry them together. And I'm like, yeah, Why I think of that before, like, absolutely. Like that's the, you know, like that fits in with my pillars of wellness and wellness is, you know, you know, living well, which is creating a life, a career around what you're passionate about. And you know, what I'm passionate about is, you know, online learning and, you know, helping, you know, bloggers that maybe want to take their blog to the next level with creating online courses in like, you know, but I still get to like live in that food blog world and I still get to travel because that's also part of, you know, for me creating a life that I love. And so I think, I think it's a journey. I think for any entrepreneur, it's kind of like this crazy journey where we, we kind of zig and zag and, and pivot. Um, but if you feel like, you know, you're spiraling out of control, like definitely like take time to step back and be like, okay, what, what, what do I really want to do and what really connects with me and what are my strengths? And I'm not sure why I resisted, you know, I think I resisted, you know, doing, um, you know, what my entire background is because I felt like I needed to do, to do something like different, mm-hmm. like, um, 
but you know, that's just silly. Like if that's like your strong suit, like make it work for you, but make it work for you in a way that you can create your own business around it. For sure. I think uh, so many people believe that it has to be either or, and I'm a big promoter of it can be and. So that's why if you're talking about two things that seem kind of separate, there is a way to merge it and to make it work. You just need to put the energy and the mental time and everything into it to figure out what that looks like. Like even for myself, um, you know, I was like, I want to do, uh, like I didn't even really love the idea of calling it coaching because that's not what I was picturing. I was literally uh-huh. picturing training, but yeah. it just took me so while it took me so long to get back to this idea of training because I was surrounded by all these, these coaches. And so it was like, um, you know, getting to that point where I wanted to do training and marketing training, but then I'm also, you know, I also love to talk about like leadership development and being Mm -hmm. that leader in your life. So I just needed to find a way to incorporate like the mindset stuff, the leadership stuff and the marketing stuff all together. And it's possible because Mm -hmm. I figured out a way to do it. So when you're standing back and you're thinking like these things don't work together, I have no idea how I'm going to make it work. There is a way you just yeah. got to do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> really the thing. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, before we wrap up here, um, I know that you have a lot of programs and resources that, you know, the audience, um, that's listening can tap into as they are building, you know, their marketing systems and their background. So before we go, why don't you tell the audience, um, where they can find you out there on the World Wide web and mm-hmm. maybe some programs that they might be interested in. Awesome. Yeah. So my website is Nicole Routenberg.com. And I will, I will, I will leave a link in the, in the show notes for sure. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, tricky last names. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But yeah, so that's my website. You can head there. I have different resources on there. Um, the one that is going to be on my homepage is, uh, my Facebook ad swipe file. So essentially it's the literal Facebook ads. Um, the five top ones that performed best for me in uh, from mid-2016 to mid-2017. Um, so it's the ads, who I was targeting, all that kind of thing. So you just get that straight up. Um, and then the program right now that I'm um, super excited about that I have going on is called From Clicks to Clients. And essentially, it's um, the whole marketing strategy that takes you from um, Facebook ads or whatever ads to your business best and walks you through creating an entire marketing strategy. Um, So you go from start to sustain to scale. Um, So we go through sales funnels, we go through evergreen um, webinars, we go with um, creating a content calendar and social media calendar. Um, So it's a group program, but it's um, uh, right now it's open and it, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to keep enrollment open until I change my mind. Maybe we'll see. Um, okay. but either way, uh, you can contact me about it because that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. Walking people through their whole marketing strategy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And so I will leave links, um, in the show notes. And, um, when we share the article or we share this episode on social media, also include links, um, email address and, you know, social handles and all of that, um, where they can connect with you. So thank you so much. I'm so excited, um, to, you know, kind of branch out and start doing podcast episodes around, you know, all three pillars of waterless and wellness now that I've merged everything together. And so I'm excited to do an episode with you on, you know, creating that business around what you love. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 
You've been listening to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast to enjoy all of our upcoming episodes. And while you're there, go ahead and drop us a review. And be sure to follow Wanderlust and Wellness at www.wanderlustandwellness.org or jump on our mailing list to get instant access to all of our recipes, Wanderlust tips, and resources on how you can take your blog to the next level with online courses at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash email. And speaking of blogging, if you're ready to stop worrying about page views and ad revenue and start creating a profitable online course that will complement your current blog content and bring in revenue, then join our Blogger to Course Creator Facebook group at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash blogger to course creator. Please note that I am not a registered dietitian or a medical professional. The views I express are mine alone based on my own experiences and should not be taken as medical advice. Please speak with a medical professional before making any changes to your current routine.